Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or ever listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Michael Block Talk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaternow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. The queens got their melodrama rama on and then put on their pajama ramas. So what's a ranga? An early front runner finds themselves gone again. It's time to talk all things Drag Race UK five. And with me is someone who loves a little high drama, Jeanne Sequois. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I am doing fantabulous. I had a little bit of a hiccup this week with a um, shocking uh, realization that someone restricted me from seeing their content or attacking them this week. But you know what? That's a different drag show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know if you saw last night we began the, the fun time of everyone having anxiety to find out they're getting nominated for Glam Awards. Yes, it is. It is that season. Tis the season. I'm excited to see that Peppermint is hosting. Yes, very fun. Very um, exciting that. It's going to be um, the Monday following my birthday, so hoping to make a little celebration out of that. But we'll see if okay. I even get nominated. That's so exciting. Yeah, I I love the Glam Awards. I think going to the Glam Awards is such a fun. Just sort of experience for everyone to kind of come together and look really nice and whoever wins wins and that's all lovely and what have you but also just to like drink and have a time where all of us that are normally working 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 so much in this industry to just like kind of enjoy the community that we like fuel and curate every week you know absolutely I'm excited. So we'll see how things go. Well, as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through a reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that give an opportunity to go on television to share their crafts, but they've also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said in the podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. Absolutely. Seven weeks up in um, how are you feeling about Drag Race UK 5? Can you believe it's already the fifth season? Yes. Like, honestly, I actually, like, someone was talking to me about this the other day. They were like, oh my God, there's so many seasons now of some of these international franchises. And I'm like, yeah, but like, Rue hosts UK. And so it's one of those things. It's like when she's not doing US or All Stars, of course she's going to go out there and crank out another one. Like, why not? You know what I mean? And I mean, she could very well be doing it as we speak right now. Yeah, I mean, I my only issue, and we'll get into this when we get into this week's elimination, is hmm, diversity amongst the UK winners. Yeah. Circle. But yeah, it, it's it's very interesting to have that discussion because at the base of it, it does come down to casting. Mm-hmm. It you comes can't tell casting. me that there aren't. It comes down to casting. Yeah, but there's also some like really just gross and unfortunate archetypes. That like I like Drag Race, but unfortunately, as I have become a more sort of busy and working drag artist myself, I don't necessarily have all the same time that I did when I first became a fan of the show to sit down and watch all of them as frequently as I'd like. But like 
even just watching like when I can or catching up on episodes, there's some really like concerning archetypes and trends that happen specifically in like UK and international seasons at Ruho's all surrounding Queens of Color. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting because again, you can't tell me that these countries just don't have artists of color or are they just bringing on the, when it comes to the competition, the ones that are not being able to succeed. And we're going to talk about it because it is a conversation of what Cara feels as well. So it's it's really interesting and and hard to watch knowing the big picture, but let's get into it. Yes. They're back in the workroom and Vicky has gone home. None of them can believe it. Let's talk about it. The mirror message with lingering effects. Vicky writes that she's more iconic than the Cornish pasty. Love most of ya. Who's she talking about? Well. Kara thinks it's her, even though she was nice to her ass. Damar thinks she was just trying to stay relevant, which is kind of funny, because what drag artist doesn't want to stay relevant after they've been eliminated? Period. Do you think this was just parting psychological warfare? And what would you do if you were in the girl's situation? I do think it's parting psychological warfare. I think it's like if you leave a message that people are like inquisitive or unsure about, then it automatically gives that like segment or that moment in the workroom when they're back in there and you're not still like the focal point of view. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, I'm not here anymore, but I've left this message and now y'all can sit here and wonder what it's really about. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, In their shoes, I don't know that I would go psychological warfare. I think I would probably, honestly, I think I'd probably err on the side of a mirror message that was funny and like Mm -hmm. would probably end up being sort of memed and shared all over social media in various contexts. Yeah, and that's the way to do it. I think there's ways to be playful about it and and not like try to tear down the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Didi can't believe she sent Vicky home, but the girls remind her she killed the lip sync, which is true. You can't fake saving Vicky based on the lip sync. She did not bring it. Yeah. Didi has now sent home two badge winners. The jealousy is real. She's knocking them off. And Michael fears that Didi might be a demon who eliminates a one badge winner and sucks their essence. By the end, Michael thinks she'll have three heads, 16 legs, two of them, which will be doing split jump splits and three of them death dropping. <laughs> is Didi the new lip sync assassin? I don't know. Like in UK, I feel like there have been like lip sync assassins who I don't want to say were unexpected. Like, for example, like in the history of Drag Race UK, to me, Taste is a lip sync assassin. Absolutely. Like she she lip sync assassinated people in songs that were like high energy songs. And then she also like had some fantastic lip syncs that were ballads. Like, Taste is a living assassin. I think Dee Dee's someone who has found herself under pressure a couple times and is lip syncing accordingly, which I can respect. I don't know if I'm I fully agree with that. your assessment there. I think, yeah, I, I think Dee Dee just happens to have multiple lip syncs that she's won. It's not because mm-hmm. she's fantastic and we want to go see him every fucking night of the week. She just happens to be there because her performance was not great. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's someone that's doing well in lip syncs, not necessarily a lip sync assassin. Exactly. Ginger wishes Dee Dee could bring the fire and humor to the challenges. Listen, Ginge, that's asking a lot of her. That's, that's, that's hard. That's really hard. 
The triple fist to herself was congratulated. Miss Winger Johnson, look at Kate being all witty and shit. I really think Kate has one of the smartest comedic brains we've seen on the show. Oh, yes. Kate yes. is feeling good as she has decided she was in the top three. Rue told her she didn't reach the Wuthering Heights, but that doesn't mean she is in the Wuthering Lows. I guess we're just going to have to consult the Drag Race Wiki for official confirmation. And if you all think I do the most work when it comes to Drag Race, no, it's those Wiki people. They don't have lives. Yeah. I mean, hey, thankful for that. On the seasons that you don't catch every episode, you can... Literally. Kate wants a badge. She believes she's shown the judges charisma. She's certainly served uniqueness. She says it takes some nerve to wear the outfit she's worn, and she's got talent. And she reminds us that it doesn't say anywhere that she has to be good. Is that admission that she's doing, well, as Cheryl Holt would say, mediocre? I don't know. Like, I don't think, like, I, I don't think Kate Butch is mediocre. I just think Kate Butch is sometimes, like, a great drag queen who was, as she was on the show, sort of figuring out how to be great at drag race. I can go with that one. I like that too. Do you think also it's the level of competition being so high this season? Yeah. UK five is a good season. I mean, like, I don't know. UK five for me, UK five is like approaching up there with UK two. I think UK two is the greatest season of drag race UK, but I think that I UK five is a close second. Um, after UK four, where I feel like some of the front runners were clear and mm-hmm. apparent, um, I think this season has a, a group of queens that are very talented, very different, and where sort of each of them shine, their weakness lies in the strength of another competitor, and that's what makes it an interesting watch. Absolutely. What would you do if you know that you're just oh so close to getting a win but not fulfilling it? Would that play into the mental state of the competition for you? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like it's just hard when you're so close to getting a win and you come just short of it because I think a lot of people in any situation like that at drag race or other competitive environments can get caught up in the well what if I did this? What if I did that? And it's like instead of focusing on that, I think you kind of just have to focus on okay, I didn't get it this time. What do I have to do next time to get it? Is it, do I have to kill the challenge or is it, do I have to make sure my runway is sort of undeniable and sickening? Absolutely. Well, it's time to get another badge, but first out of drag. And then we get a complete little bit as Michael is stuck in her heart on the couch. Whoa, that was so planned. At least these girls can act. Where can they? (laughs) We're about to watch and see. I love when we catch the moments where they're like, all right, we need this shot. So y'all are going to do this. And they go, okay. But this episode will have the backdrop of the mirror message. Kara wants to know. Dee Dee theorized that it's about Kara. She doesn't know. She's just whisking, not stirring. Kara thinks she's loud, but not the loud one in the room. And tomorrow is loud, but says people like her. What a dig. She may not be wrong, but what a dig. How do Uh, you think those two are doing as roommates now? Huh. Well, I think they live together. (laughs) I think so, too. I think they probably pass in the hallway and don't talk to each other, watching how they talk about each other. You hear when your roommate leaves and you hear where they come back. Like, you just hear the mm-hmm. noise in the door and you go about your business. I mean, it's better having a roommate who you can yell at as opposed to having to send a text message and have it not come out the right way. Oh, God. Text messages that, like, when people try to re- interpret text messages, like, tone over text message. I mean, I'm guilty of it sometimes as well, but, like, it never ends well. <laughs> Me too. 
All right, here we go with week seven. And tomorrow's getting hard top contender energy as she not only survived, but was in the top. Speaking Ooh. of top winner energy, Ginger and her three badge breast over that very loud, obnoxious shirt. Um, the fashion is not fashioning on Ginger in or out of drag. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, yeah. No. But Ginger is having a lovely time at RuPaul's holiday camp for silly little girls. Is that what we should say when uh, we may know people who disappear in the next couple months? Absolutely, yeah. Going to holiday camp for silly little girls. They're headed to RuPaul's school for troubled youth. Literally. <laughs> he wants a badge. They're all hungry for a badge. And Michael says that drag race is a marathon, not a sprint. You fall at one hurdle, you're fucked. Do you think that's foreshadowing for what's to come for Michael or for this specific episode? This episode. Yeah, I do too. Michael will poke the bear as she will ask Kara how she mentioned that she was not feeling like she was giving as much as she possibly could in the challenges. She says she is her own biggest critic, but has to realize that she can do it. She says that getting in your head is the kiss of death in the competition, or as I say, feeling great in confessional is on an exit episode is actually your kiss of death in drag race. Do you think Kara admitting on camera about her ability in the challenges really played into decisions this episode? Yes. Yes, is I do. Fa- is, is it fair to say don't admit when you're not feeling great on Drag Race? It's hard because it's reality TV. So like you mm-hmm. want to admit when you're not feeling great because you're you're on TV. And like honestly, I like I've never been on Drag Race, but people do speak. Not yet. To- not yet. Well, not yet, but people do speak <laughs> to being genuine on that show because people often say that like the more genuine you are, the clearer who you actually are comes across. And so like if you're having a hard time and you're sitting there and you're tired or you're stressed and they're asking you these questions, sometimes I feel like it's more just instinctual to be like, yeah, this shit sucks right now. It's fucking hard and I'm not like, I don't know what I'm not doing right, but you open yourself up to being sort of manipulated, you know? Absolutely. Michael was close with Miss Vivacious. She's like, who? She's only joking. She is sad to see her go, knowing how much it meant to her, but now she has to concentrate on herself. So let's hope most of them do well this week. See, the Vicky message keeps stirring the pot. Mm-hmm. The alarm sounds as Rue's message gives hints at the movies, and Ginger's like, are we making porn? Could you imagine? I mean, only drag is a thing that some of these queens would love to partake in. Yeah, no, that would be a no from me. Yeah. Um, listen, friends, there are some drag artists who have OnlyFans. If you would like to support that part of their art, you're more than welcome. do, yes, by all means. But like the thought of drag, like the thought of being in full drag and cons- like participating or proceeding with like the act of pornography or yeah. like not safe for work material for me is a no. But I mean, like a lot of people. Some people are very successful with their OnlyFans, and for that, like, they, really, they really are. I mean, listen, I I follow um, many a content creator, and they look like they're living the best lives, and I'm sitting here being like, why am I still single? Listen, it is a level of beauty and confidence and self-awareness that I 100% respect. It is an absolutely valid form of work and making money. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And celebrating oneself, I just know that I cannot do it. I don't. Same. I do not. That, do that. that being said, if if I'm desperate for money, people, if you need feet, I can do feet. That's at least not that terrible. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Rue arrives in her pajamas because she's doing the runway theme early. No, I don't know. I think she was either late to set or said, I'm not filming any other segments today. So I'm going to come in and go back to bed. Yeah, she said, y'all can put that, y'all save that suit for next episode. I'm good on this one today, Literally. Well, she says that it can take years of intensive psychotherapy to get to the root of their issue, but nobody has time for that. For this week's mini challenge, it's time for a little role playing as they throw a good old fashioned bitch fest. And they're doing it with puppets because everybody loves puppets. Now, if you are an international season watcher, you have seen our puppet friends from around the globe. But for those who only focus on US and UK, we have not had puppets since season 12 on US and season two on UK. Why were they gone? Why were they gone? I have no idea. I don't know. I love I think they put I have a theory. I think they put puppets, like they aired puppets on 12 of America, like of US. Mm -hmm. Because I heard their um reading challenge was a disaster. (laughs) And then I think they just did it on two of UK because they recognized that that season was the gold that it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, why it's been missing for so many seasons on Rue hosted shows, I couldn't tell you, but they're back. I hope they are back. And unless you are a contestant on international television, just get ready for pure insanity and drama because um, sometimes when you play with puppets on another franchise, I don't know, like Philippines, you might accidentally out someone to their family. Yikes. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. All right. Let's see who they pull out from the glory hole. Caramel gets Ginger Johnson. Michael and her fisting gloves get Kara. Tamara poses on Michael. Kate will get Dee Dee. Dee Dee has Tamara. And Ginger approaches the hole to get Kate. Now, I do want to give a shout out to the art department for their brilliant puppets. Because unlike some of the other ones we've seen in the year 2023, um, they looked like crap. And these were brilliant. They even put them in their confessional looks. I loved it. <laughs> I love 15... it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I love it. I love it so much. Like, honestly, the puppet challenge is fun. Like, the puppet challenge to me has the potential to be as successful as the reading challenge. You can really absolutely kind of some zingers in. Now you have 15 minutes to drag up their puppets. If you had to, I don't know, do a puppet show about one of your fellow NYC sisters. Who would you have the best fun experience with as their puppet master? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say either. (laughs) Okay. Wait, this is a good one. I would say either Marty Gold Cummings. I would say (laughs) Marty. Um, Or I could do Madeline, probably. Madeline Hatter. Nice. Uh, if anyone would like to make a puppet for Janae, um, maybe Janae will um, do a little puppet show for you. Yeah, per- per- perhaps. <laughs> All right, Ginger is excited for the challenges. She does use puppets in her acts. What else is she good at? Probably everything. Good for her. <laughs> All right. 
Kara arrives first with Ginger, and Ginger has no arms. She will make Ginger have a American voice because, well, Caramel is not a thespian. She's going to flounder. She has no idea how to make this bit funny, and perhaps future contestants need to go back in time and watch previous puppet challenges for inspiration now that it's likely back for future seasons. Anyway, at least she's pretty. Yeah, well, yes, every time. Every I think the time. best part of this segment for her will be Kara saying Ginger wrote the book on drag and then the real Ginger responding uh, with, I also have written a joke book. You should read it. So good. Like, okay. yeah, I'm just kind of ate her. Michael is next with Kara and she captures Kara with the voice, even gave her a bit of a Southern drawl. She's going to mock her Beyonce dress and being loud. She can jump split, bam, shablam. Can she do anything else? Hell no. All right. That was pretty good. Solid effort. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, roast and roast hard, you know. It's time for tomorrow with Michael. And whatever she does with the voice is very yelly and more tomorrow, but she made her wear her heart look and... The makeup kind of looked more like glasses, but alas. <laughs> and then she forgets what she's doing. It must have been so bad that we don't even get to see how bad it was because we cut straight to confessional. Um, all right, maybe we want to go back to retiring this challenge. I don't know. Just do better, friends. Do better. You can practice. Practice makes perfect. It's been too long. Kate with Didi. And this should have been good as Didi can't make fun of Didi, though. Kate will read herself to make of her Didi by saying that she learned from Kate that in the lip sync you have to take off your meteorological outfit to an even worse one. <laughs> she is wearing that outfit so she can do the famous Didi wig reveal and then she's been scalped. It was mediocre but we were going to hear that Didi was fuming over this. Why do you think Didi was not thrilled? Because her wigs come off all the time. I mean facts are facts America and UK. Her wigs come off all the time. Didi is going to try her hand at Tamara by saying that clothes are for shoplifting as she is wearing nothing. Ass out, bitch. And then she's just going to have her flip her hair. <laughs> Once again, Didi can't be funny. No. but How did she get on this television program and knock out so many talented queens at this point? I mean, she's pretty and she can perform. As Kara says, it takes great skill to make Tamara not funny. Oh, oh my gosh. And last, but certainly not least, it's the comedy beast of the season, Ginger Johnson, and her puppet bestie, Kate Butch. She's okay. going to do a very cute little puppet show and knock on the door and say, who's that? It's the world's ugliest woman? No, it's Kate Butch. Starting early. And Kate Butch is doing Kate Bush as she's off to besmirch the memory of her favorite icon. So if she ever does get to meet her, she's going to kick her in the face. Uh, I would pay to see that. But also, how many times do you think Drag Race has called Kate Bush's um, team to be like, can she guest judge already, please? Please. About as many times as they've asked Madonna. Literally. Ginger calls out the branch in her hand, saying that she can hold it in front of her face so nobody can see how busted she looks. And when her jokes don't land, she can lean on it. It's not a prop. It's the crutch. Ginger tells Kate that she doesn't need a name badge, but Kate says this is the only badge she's got. Uh, Ginger devoured. That was fantastic. Yeah, no. Ginger, I mean, listen. Ginger Johnson's she's kind of stepped into the competition and done very well. 
Absolutely. Now, listen, future contestants, you may have been with them at this point for, quote, seven weeks, or really it's two and a half weeks. The world may never know. But you should be able to get some good material talking with your sisters. You know what? The insides and outs, you're spending, what, 18 hours a day with them? It's about the listening of it all. It really is. It really is. The winner of the mini challenge, no questions asked, Ginger Johnson. Do you agree? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, are they ready for their close-up? For this week's Maxi Challenge, they need to screen test for leading roles in one of three totally original dramas. First up, Footballer's Wags, a steamy drama where two ex-wags vie for the attention for the new star player. Next, Whole Dark, a period drama where two ladies of the house vie for the attention of a dashing captain. And last, Femmerdale, a saucy soap where two northern lassies vie for the attention of a hunky farmdale. Methinks I sense a theme. Mm-hmm. Which one would you have selected? Mm. <clears throat> I think I would have selected the second one. Yeah, yeah, whole dark. You 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 want to play in the period? Yeah, absolutely. They absolutely. will be screen. You, yeah, you have the most room to kind of be ridiculous in that one. Absolutely. They will be screen testing in Paris, and Ginger will get to pick her partner and select the pairs. She will select Kate Butch, then Paris Car with Michael, then Tamara and Dee Dee. She says that she doesn't really have a strategy apart from wanting to work with Kate. And if you look at the lineup, she did just go down the line with who was standing next to whom. She will oh, yeah. say that she's her will and say Kate that, working together is wild. Absolutely. She will say that she's not discounting anybody else. Michael is really funny. Tomorrow is really funny. And the other two are there as well. Oh, she is hella funny, isn't she? Mm-hmm. They will shoot their screen test with director Michelle Visage because clearly mother had a previous engagement, probably the toilet. <laughs> Listen, we still don't know where Rue was last season when um, Dakota Schiffer was wrongly eliminated. I think she was on the toilet. I think she had the shits. I don't know. I think she was at home. I think it was Wisconsin. <sighs> Rue will I- leave the drama to the puppeteers as they will have to work out which pair gets which scene. The girls gather around the couches. They have to determine who wants what. And are you ready for some drama? Good, because you're not getting any. This one was so easy to do. Michael and Kara request wax. Tamara asks for the northern one for her and Didi. But Ginger wants to hear Tamara and Didi's Yorkshire accents, probably just for the camera, because I think they already made a decision. Tamara's going to say something. Didi will copy the sounds that come out of Tamara's mouth. So Ginger will call her out and be like, do one without copying what she said. Uh, no answer. No answer. How are right. you in the world of accents? I'm all right. I think I'm pretty good. Now, you 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 have some drama training. Did you have to tackle some accents um, for school? I did. Yes, yes, yes. I um, So having gone to school for musical theater, I had to take voice and speech classes where we learned mm-hmm. British RP and uh, some various other dialects we didn't get a lot the semester is so short and we have so much to cover that we didn't get to really sort of dive into dialects but we did get to sort of learn british rp was required obviously um and then we had uh sort of office hours and other like workshops that our professors did that we could sort of dive into some other ones and then there was an elective specifically for dialects but the upperclassmen always took it and it filled up so quickly if there was a accent or dialect that you wish you could tackle, 
What would it be? Uh, I would love to learn any of the African descent dialects. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah, I've watched a lot of, I mean, this is going to show like, this is going to sound crazy, crazy. Like that's your only frame of reference. That's hella ignorant. But I've watched a lot of like the making of the Black Panther or like Wakanda Forever movies. Mm-hmm. And um, they did such like specific regional dialect work in different parts of Africa. And I was very fascinated by it. And I would love to learn the nuances of the different dialects and languages spoken. But, you know, the beauty of of the behind the scenes of that is it opened people's eyes to learning something they probably never would have wanted to learn. So I think it's a brilliant thing. Good job. Good pick. Good pick. Now, Ginger and Didi are technically left with the captain scene, but Kate does say she wants the wags as it's quite different from them. But really, I don't think Kate really wanted the wags. There was no way in hell that they would have been successful at that scene. Bakara really thinks that she can pull play up the psycho as she sees herself in the wags part and um, while typecasting, I guess. She yeah. will even get psycho as Kara will try to get them to do whole dark by saying that them two look quite rough. That is just a great way to butter up the people who have some power here and call them ugly. Bedside manners, not great with Caramel. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things that's like, I don't know, it's like, girl, find another strategy. <laughs> right. Kara gave up the cow. She's not giving up the wags. Ginger says she did a posh lady for Snatch Game, but Kara's like, you don't have to play the posh lady. There are two characters. I really think this bit was for... Um, to have a little bit of contention because I think everyone knew what they wanted and it all fit perfectly. Um, And it's just not fun watching something happen so easy, you know? Yeah. I mean, drag race is never going to want everyone to just sort of go, Oh, okay. Everyone got what they wanted. Great. Let's get to work. Exactly. Well, Kate will agree to doing the captain scene as long as she gets to be the lady. And yeah, that's how it turns out. With the role selected, it's time to get some rehearsal on, and we're going to watch Kate slap Ginger, we're going to Michael watch Michael adapt a very odd voice and slap Kara, and then Tamara calls Didi a cheeky cow. Sounds like we got some fun, fun scenes. Yeah. Kate will tell Ginger that there are some sexy moments in their script, and that's not the first words you would use when you think of either of them. But Kate knows that Ginger is an actress and a comedian, and she can't wait to see her get out of her funny bones. Ginger suggests they get into really quick drag and then get the lines down. They have to know the script inside and out. I agree. Now, you having a theater background, obviously getting uh, on the show and into this scenario, it would be a little easier for you because you have experience memorizing lines in a theatrical context. Obviously, a lot of drag artists have to memorize the lines quickly to learn a song, but acting beats are a little different than musical beats yeah what would your trick be to learn a script in what five hours probably tops uh physical movements i had a teacher once tell me if you want to learn your lines to a point where you can get them in your body rehearse them and rehearse learning them a completely neutrally don't try to put any sort of inflection on them because then you'll begin to learn them only with that attached inflection and b Learn them with some sort of physical movement attached to it. Bounce a tennis ball, um, swing your feet, walk in a circle, whatever it is, because you will start that. to memorize the lines in association with your body movements, and it'll just sort of happen naturally like that. I'm here for that. Good advice. Thank you. Now, tomorrow's going to talk about their scene. It's a 
Yorkshire accent, but Dee Dee has no idea what she's talking about. So she's just going to do Northern, which I guess is a little different for our Northern friends of the UK. Mm-hmm. Tamara absolutely loves Dee Dee, but she feels like she would be feeling a lot more confident if she was with somebody else. Dee Dee mm-hmm. has been in the bottom twice, so naturally she's not feeling great. Tamara says she is from fucking North Yorkshire. Love in hopes if Dee Dee will catch on how to do the accent, but no, the brain is not computing. She's not catching on. Meanwhile, Kate doesn't know where they're from and suggests perhaps Scotland or Jamaica, which is actually kind of funny because I've heard a lot of people try to do a Scottish accent and then turn out sounding more Jamaican. Really? Yeah, it's not good. Um, Yeah, I'm not even going to try anything, but uh, get me drunk enough, friends, and you'll hear me pull out my Shrek or fat bastard. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Kate will do a Yorkshire accent and Ginger's like, stop helping the enemy. Don't do that. Kara and Michael are now in serious mode, trying to figure out how to secure a win. Michael says they need to go balls to the wall and says they are gelling as she's developed a lovely relationship with her over the course of the competition. Now, when I heard that line, I was like, oh, it's doom and gloom. Someone from this team is definitely going home. Yeah. Michael thinks that since they are hungry for a win, they will deliver, but... Yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to head back to Dee Dee, who's playing with the world of accents. And well, at least she's pretty. They are both freaking out because they have chosen a scene with an accent neither of them can do. And listen, y'all can only blame yourselves. You are the ones who picked it. Right. Pray to the drag gods. It is time to film with Michelle and first up are the drama queens known as Michael and Kara wearing the same exact neon yellow dress and nude pumps. Production said, here you go, we have costumes for you. Remember the days of yore on Drag Race when all the contestants had to provide their costumes for these kinds of challenges? Yes. I like the ins and outs of like the specifics of those things, like the challenges and like what they provide and what they don't. Whenever I find things out, I'm always fascinated. I'm like, wow. Like, there was no way in hell they had this, like, neon yellow dress ready for Kate and Ginger. It's not a chance. Yeah. Now, speaking of drama queen, why is there not a category for the Glam Awards for best drama queen? Certainly there are a lot of bitches who stir the pot so much that they deserve that moniker. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm glad there's not. I just, like, (laughs) because I think, listen, we have enough things that, permeate our community with divisiveness on a day-to-day basis i'm like let's that night i'm like applaud applaud valiantly and give everyone their flowers where they're earned i'm like outside of that let's all just get through it and get to the after party <laughs> exactly i would just give it to one of my besties jim Silvestri. he's the fucking biggest drama queen i know oh i <laughs> i jim i jim is a sweetheart jim I is a sweetheart Michael is hoping for another badge to cement her place as a front runner in the competition, but that would just be too easy. So hmm. it's time for them to meet their leading man and please welcome to the stage. What a snack. Oh my God, this handsome fellow named Jacob. Now, Jacob, I don't know where they found him, but he clearly went to the acting conservatory. Um, he is the best drag race has ever had. The conviction, bring him to the West End. This man is good. I love it. We watched the run-through of Kara and Michael and Jacob, and he's just a fucking scene stealer in that football kit. And for those in America, football kit is lingo for soccer uniform. Did you know that? I did, actually, yes. 
it took me a couple years to learn what that meant. I was like, what is a kit? I don't get it. Yeah, it's a uniform. Yeah. Hara's playing dramatic and loud, but she's going to have a couple prop fumbles. Then Michael enters the scene, and Michael is playing Michael, essentially. They have big energy, but the comedy seems to be missing. Now, Michael's first note from Michelle is that she does not have to make the slapping noise. No need to vocalize. That's for the sound effect department. But isn't it fun when you don't have the sound effect to make the sound effect yourself? Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like that might be, honestly, that might come from a place of she's seen so many acting challenges on previous seasons of Drag Race that she kind of goes, oh, let me, like, it's instinctual. You know what I mean? You just do it without realizing, Absolutely. oh, wait, I'm now in the position where they do that for me. And, and usually whenever you do a drag mix, there's usually like a wha-bam sound effect when you do a, a fake slap Absolutely. in it. Absolutely. Michelle tells Kara not to scream so she can understand her and tells them both that they need levels as they are building up to something. Let it build. Let it grow. Did they take the notes? Well, if the next bit we saw, eh, no, not really. No. Next to the filming room is Kate and Ginger. And well, they are looking lovely. Those are thespians for real. Ginger opens her mouth and sounds like a twat and then has lines about the scent of piss. Whoever <laughs> wrote this scene had way too much fun. Very much so. Do we know what Whole Dark is inspired by? I'm not sure I got the reference point for this one. I knew the other two, but not this one. I don't know. If anyone knows, please let us know. We would love to know. Now then Jacob, looking fucking hot, shows up and gets a full face of piss. Listen, they sang the song earlier this season, Don't Ick My Yum. Not my personal ick or yum, but someone else is out there. So no no commentary, friends. Correct. This is Ginger's first time sharing a scene with a bucket full of piss, but she is taking it like a duck to piss. Okay. Michelle's note to Ginger is to make a meal of the moment, like a woman who's missed a man's touch. And like Ginger, I get it. I haven't had a man touch me since the Titanic went down. <laughs> not you winning the act, not you winning the comedy challenge. I mean, yeah, literally yeah. It's been a while. But really, I think what this note to Ginger proved is that Ginger is highly trained and highly prepared. So Michelle could actually talk to her in a way that she would talk to an actor rehearsing a play. Right. So I love the that a bit can be really rooted in like an acting note and direction versus like a drag race cue where you go hey exactly do it a little more like this you're not telling them how to do it you're giving them something to sort of play off of love that kate enters the chat and she's over the top and honestly there was no way she was going to fuck this up this was her challenge as long as ginger wasn't better yeah. michelle tells them that it's really funny and well done and yeah we knew this was going to be a winning team there was no way this wasn't oh yeah and finally, it's the arrival of Tamara in that bus driver wig and Dee Dee, who is ready to give full shit show. Now, these looks, did they make you want to take a trip to Yorkshire? <laughs> I, like, well, yes. <laughs> Honestly, I think you would look very cute in a look like this, like going um, a skeet shooting or something. Thank you. I think you could pull this off. Thank you. Um, now, obviously, their show is inspired by the classic British soap opera, <laughs> Emmerdale. 
uh, which takes place in you guessed at Yorkshire. I have not watched that one. I've watched more EastEnders clips than this one. But um, why is it that the Brits still love their soap operas while here in America, they've all kind of like died? Because American soap operas had to change. They weren't doing super well. Like, yeah. The like the old timey like days of our lives thing doesn't work anymore. So I find that like the soap opera in America has sort of evolved from like soap opera, less of soap opera to more of like character drama, you know, or the soap opera has evolved to the real housewives. That too. We've sort of <laughs> we sort of split off between soap opera and between character drama and reality TV. It really has. Now, we rarely get to see any behind the scenes bits and bobs with production. But watching the production staff wrap Tamara in the tarp was campy, and I'm so glad we got to see that. Mm-hmm. We see Dee has killed her mother and the accent. Um, it's not the only thing tripping her up. Then Tamara's going to pop out of that tarp and immediately forgot her line, and y'all, hot man Jacob has memorized three scenes and is off book, and these two can't even get this one. I mean, Jacob is prepared. I love it. He's prepared. From what we see, Tamara is very yelly. And are we surprised? Not really. Michelle is not feeling it. Her face was not happy with all the lines called. She tells them both that their timing is off as they can't remember. And Tamara wants to be back in the body bag as she was dead. Now, this scene should have been a disaster scene based on what the editing shows us. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Then Tamara with that stage slap. That was really what we call a clap. Yes was that Michelle's responsibility to tell her to do that or she just do that on her own because it was not good yeah I feel like she kind of did that one on her own in a very strange editing bit we will end the segment with Didi saying that she's hoping she's not being Didi delusional but she thinks they did well uh, you gotta give it to the editors for giving us a very interesting red herring yes I agree now, last week, I alluded to something in what I predicted this episode would have, and I want to talk about what happens at the very end of this segment. Michelle says, quote, what a mess. So Tamara's like, what a bloody mess, um, thinking that was her line. Michelle says, no, I meant the floor. If you remember way back in season one of Drag Race UK, a certain lady did the same thing when she thought Michelle was telling her she did much better when, in fact, she was actually giving her the line. Sadly for Tamara, lightning did not strike twice. She did not become an instant meme. No, 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 no. No, no. It's the day to watch their flicks, and it will be Kara who says it's elimination day, and we know so many times that whoever gets to say that line is the one who will be packing. So, yeah. I was at least mentally prepared for what was bound to come. I was so sad. The queens bypass the tables for makeup, though we will see Ginger with a mouthful of pins at the sewing machine. She will say that she shouldn't do that with the pins as she tells us that once, really late at night, she was working on an outfit, had pins in her mouth, she got distracted by a phone call, and it wasn't until after she realized that she didn't have the pins in her mouth that she swallowed them. Three sewing pins. My God. Like, truly worst fear. They they did an x-ray where one was in her throat just flopping around while the others had already made their way down she says drag is precarious as accidents can happen and if the spirit of drag takes over you you can make some terrible choices now i know you just recently made one of the most beautiful gowns i've ever fucking seen um i I bet this one spoke to you a little bit 
Oh, very much so. It said a lot of hurtful things at many points. It was the hardest thing I've ever made thus far. And I would not have been able to do it without tr the tremendous help of one Miss Gloria Swansong, who guided me and advised me in that process. She is sort of the expert in New York, in the city, as far as I'm concerned, on crafting quality garments, especially gowns inside and out. And yeah, Absolutely. That, gown spoke to me. that gown spoke to me many times. Did you ever, in your experience, making that beautiful gown have some sewing pins in your mouth? Yes, yes. I mean, I like, so I'm someone that tends to make mistakes like stabbing myself with pins when I'm pinning mm -hmm. fabric to things. Or I've also made the mistake once, and you will only make this mistake once if you sew, of sewing through my finger. Yep. I wasn't paying attention one day and I was sewing and I was having a conversation and I looked away and that needle went straight through my finger um, at least That's twice. So oh, it hurt. <laughs> it hurt. It did. Now, Kara says that she has come off the stage many times bleeding. She went up for a jump, split her head, uh, went boosh, not to be confused with boosh from Philippines, but her head nearly went through the ceiling and she landed the split. Michael shares last Christmas she snapped her hamstring where the bruise was from her heel to her hoop. She has shattered her knee. It's not all prancing around. Drag is pain. So okay. many DRIs, aka drag-related injuries. Have you had any notable DRIs? All of my DRIs have typically stemmed from designing, costume making, like look making and designing. Um, I have had clumsy drag related injuries um falling tripping etc but no nothing fortunately nothing as serious as like surgery requiring yeah physical ailments which i'm very listen every, anytime i go to a Niz young cut show i'm like oh my god what drag related injury am i about to see today well what she can do with her body is incredible though it's so amazing, and that's why I'm always scared that she's going to hurt herself. Any anytime when um in the OG days of her performing at Hardware on that concrete, I was like, I'm going to have to get 911 ready. Like so, she's going to hurt herself, but then she amazes us all, and you're like, well, she's so good at what she does. Very much so. Ginger asks if Michael's injuries were in Grand Canaria, and she says they were. So how do you say where is the hospital in Spanish? Donde esta the fucking hospital? Which is probably what I would say too. Yes, absolutely. Where's Theresa May when you need her? But Drag Race España, here comes Michael Maruli. Why does she do it though? She, that actually. she could be sat at a desk being comfortable, but when you what you wouldn't feel the rush of being alive on stage. Being creative is what we were put on earth for. And I felt that. I really felt that. Yeah, like. The thing is, you you risk you you accept certain risks to pursue what you love. Absolutely, it is time for the main stage, and Rue is not wearing pajamas, but she's giving you flower power. There were a lot of tin flowers glued to that piece of fabric. Mm -hmm. Our panel this week comprises of Michelle Visage, Alan Carr, and the extra cute, super duper presenter of British reality telly, Joel Domit. Uh, Joel Domit, are you familiar with his work? I am not. He is currently the host of The Mass Singer UK and Survivor UK. Oh, so he's like a, he's a staple out there. Yeah, he is. Um, and friends, as much as you would love me to do Survivor UK recaps, I do not have the time for that. I haven't even started the season. Yeah. 
Don't you do Survivor US too? I sure do. I love it. I love that one. Would you ever do Survivor? How would you do? No, you Survivor? no, no. I would not. <laughs> I would do a lot of other reality shows before I did Survivor. Listen, I I still have to put my audition tape in, but um, I've always said that I want to be on a reality show with air conditioning. But you know what? Maybe I'll try Survivor. Maybe that's my gimmick to get on. I want an AC, but I can do bugs. I have no, like, I would not be physically qualified for that, but I would sooner do something like American Ninja Warrior or Wipeout before I did something like Survivor. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. We're going to discuss our screen test and then move into the runway. It's doing things a little bit backwards. Let's begin with Footballer's Wags. I think we saw bits and pieces of this scene in the rehearsal part, and I kind of feel like what we saw in rehearsal was a bit better than what we saw here. Yes. The scene starts with Kara as Champagne, who has a restraining order against her, but that won't stop her from trying to rip those Union Jack shorts off of that man. I think Kara was very big, but at the same time, she didn't go far enough. Mm-hmm. It was like big, but then just subdued in a way that like, we're like, okay, you're overacting, but like, mm -hmm. where's the fun? Michael started big and had a lot of acting beats. And now we know that I can be very wishy-washy to drag race, drag race references in these sketches if they're not done well. But this first one we get that was inserted, it was perfect. As Tanya says, Shagging another tar in a red, red wig and silver dress, I don't think I died. Bring yeah. back Davina DeCampo to my television screens now, please. You love her. I love her so much. I'm obsessed. Now, it's Champagne versus Tanya as they slap each other around for Stefan. The whole pregnancy reveal was hilarious, but the way you saw the soccer ball, that was dumb. Yeah, I like it, though. Oh, it was so fun. Now, remember when I said I was very wishy-washy about inserting Drag Race quotes here? Uh, here we go. Liza Minnelli lies uh, from Cara. I was delivered so poorly and proved that maybe we don't need them all. Right. Maybe one per sketch. Yeah. Once Surely she remembers Vivacia saying it, right? Yeah. I mean, once you once there's too many of them in there, you're like, all right, we get it. Exactly. It's now a battle of who can have a fake baby first, and they both camped it up. I love that bit. I think the noises were very, very fun. Michael will pop first. It's revealed to be a, quote, football, because this is the UK. Um, and just like her orgasms, she was faking it. Kara pops hers out, but Stefan has been keeping a secret, too. He is pregnant, and you can call him mother. Okay, the, the fact that Jake of the pit crew outacts them in this moment... Standing ovation for Jacob. Jacob was waiting for this moment. Like, do you think Jacob does drag? There's the, Jacob has to do drag, right? I'd kind of live if I found out that a pick remember to drag. I would really, I, honestly, like that's the trajectory we need. Like from pit crew to drag race. The next stunt they're gonna pull in casting trust. You know it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And I'm ready. <laughs> And then the resolution of the scene is they're going to go to the bar for a drink. And I guess they were just short on time. I mean, this was probably for me the weakest written scene. Mm. Um, but maybe it's because it was too reality TV as opposed to like a scripted show. That's fair. Yeah, I feel that. So it's whole dark. We start with a close up of the bedpan because the bedpan is the star of the scene. And Ginger taking a finger to taste it. Was that in the script or was that a moment that Ginger put in? That, either way, genius and disgusting. 
She hates that rich bitch troll mistress from hell. And yeah, Ginger got into the character. It was so sublime. And I think your instinct of wanting to do this scene as of the three is because of that. Like you could go ham. You have to like in these acting challenges, you have to allow yourself to be in on the joke. I feel like. Absolutely. And Ginger is someone that like, I think Ginger is someone and Kate, which is why they are a formidable team. They understand that. Now, Jacob arrives and gives us Shakespearean acting beats, but it was a bit drawn out for the piss take, but alas, it was still very funny. He thinks that Delmosa, the maid, is Elizabeth. And if you could confuse the two of them by the hair, well, then that war must have been very rough because there was no similarities. Mm -hmm. But we're going to get the line of the day. And if this is not on her merchandise at DragCon, real missed opportunity. Fear not, tis only pee-pee. (laughs) god honestly yeah whoever wrote that give them a raise give them a bonus that was funny she has never seen a man let alone a captain as captain takes off his shirt um i get it listen it's very very distracting um this man jacob was really hired to be the eye candy and then they found out he was a thespian and oh my god he is he's he gonna go down as one of the best crew members ever they found out he could act, and they were like, well, congrats, kid. You're going to get a moment today. We're giving you a moment today. The Ladykins is coming, so Delmelsa has to hide, and then Kate takes the scene. The voice was perfect. The acting was right. She didn't know it was Captain Holdark, and maybe not knowing the source material got me lost in the plot, but it didn't matter because we got such good overacting. She takes him to bed where Delmelsa pops out from behind the bed, and then they get into a slap fight. And then in a moment that will also go down in history, as I can't believe they made it work, Elizabeth will say that Delmelsa was trying to get a leg up to and says, the cheek, the nerve, the gall, the audacity, and yes, the gumption. It shouldn't have worked, but it worked perfectly. Yeah. And do another that on a t-shirt already? Yes, I do. Another drag race referencing itself moment, Mike. It was so well done. So the captain desires them both. So how will they decide to get the captain? Time to hump the bedpost. Um, you don't think that's going to be part of your drag race journey when you get to the show, but alas, it happens. You do what you're told. Exactly. <laughs> you do what the fuck you have to do. The noises that were coming out of their mouths were wild, and I can only imagine um, why they may not have had a man in years. Just make it stop. <laughs> the captain will leave and they are so horny so they're just gonna make out with each other because why the fuck not this was so stupid and campy and honestly one of the best duos in an acting challenge ever yes correct I mean the two of them are so good like as soon as I saw that the two of them were a team I was like this is it it was good yeah Femmerdale. We're out on the farm and Didi is not great at fake burying a body, but ta-da, mummy, you old bitch troll mother from hell, which I guess is the line in all the scenes. I think, again, the fact that Jacob the Picker member out-acts Didi should have placed her in the bottom, but we're going to talk about it. We'll get there. Well. <sighs> the words that came out of Didi's mouth, even the captions didn't help me. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I... I have my thoughts, but I don't like the show is the show. It is. We will get the answer of does the Pope shit in the woods after is she dead? And well, the delivery was left to be desired. 
Um, and for those who don't remember, the Pope shit in the woods was said by Veronica Green. We love her. I forgot that when I watched it. Yeah, we love her. Uh, the rooster crows, Samara pops out, and it's like she was not drugged at all, but she made a choice and it was still funny. I don't know if you saw it the way that I saw it, but I would like you to go back and look at it later on. It's uncanny, but Tamara looks like Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire in this scene in her face with the wig. I have to go back and look at it now. Yeah, Hold it's kind of crazy uh, because okay. she's giving a softer, like, not Tamara face. So, yeah. Um, whoever told her that she resembled Demi Moore and then Robin Williams good job because she knows her lane now oh yeah i mean like i love when someone like when someone un- kind of uncannily gives you something like that you're like oh i'll never let this go again we have slapperama but this time jacob takes part in it he gets slapped around and i bet he loved that then drag daughter of the year gets into the slapping and these two really got into it and then the way they both threw cow pies and hay at each other it was very 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 stupid um through this, they somehow end up killing Stevo, and I guess again, knowing that it was soap opera, it worked. Yeah, but I heard it more in this scene. The fact that Rue was laughing, and you heard it through the acting in the scene, it's that's what made this scene successful in their eyes. It was just Tamara saying silly words and making Rue laugh, but that's the game. That's the job. They were not the best, in my opinion. They were not the best, in my opinion, either. Well, let's go through it and the runway. Category is Pajama-rama. In honor of the runway, we will play Pajama Party or Uninvited. Okay. Now, I have an American question for you. Pajama or pajama? Pajama. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We're going to go with it. Um, Also, in America, we don't have a Y in this silly word. Stop putting Ys in this word, friends. Yeah, pajama, but I don't... That's because I don't like the ass sound. Like, pajama sounds crazy to me. Right. I mean, technically it is bananas and pajamas, but um, let's just call it bananas and pajamas. Yeah, well, like, yeah. <laughs> banana banana sounds differently than pajama. I think it's the it J does. sound. Once it's you put the, the J, J in, once you put the J in, it's so aspirated that I don't really want a, like, a hard A. It's true. All right, Michael Maroli, look by Catherine Delish, hair by Brenda LeBow, jewels by James Owen, nails by Pink Dot. This is so silly in camp, and I love everything about it. She's giving you rich Jordy slag, and with all the jewels and stones and lingerie, I get the character. I think the makeup is busted in all the right ways. The hair with the bits and bobs of things found in the couch is hilarious. I think this was a smart way to pair glam and comedy in a runway. Yes, I agree. I wish that the like robe thing were a little like... I want a little more drama in it, you sure. know. But that's just me. But I like the hair. Very well. I like done. the hair and the makeup is like well executed chaos. Now I don't you don't have to tell us why or how, or but I, have you ever had a morning where that's your out of drag face? Very much so. I'm yes. <laughs> more often than you think. 
Michelle says she was well-prepared and thinks there could have been more Tanya things in there like the nose flaring. She says she did a good job. She jokes her look was the best her makeup has ever looked. She thinks the look is adorable and loves all the things in the hair from the cigarette, the burger to the stopwatch. Alan says the physicality and the breathing together was just so funny. He says the look is funny and sexy and it's hard to laugh with a heart on. Joel says she could have been in Footballer's Wives and he thought she was really into it. He says he literally cleaned his sofa and many of those items he found. He says the outfit is incredible. And Ruth says she was really good and it was interesting to see the Michael Maruli makeup under such severe lighting. Rue asks a personal question. What lip liner is she wearing? And Michael says it's an invisible nude. I will give this a pajama party. Pajama party. Audience agrees. 80% pajama party, 20% uninvited. Caramel look by Victoria Zuziak, hair by Cara. Fashion reference galore. I love seeing when we get the side-by-side when someone finds this fashion reference and it was spot on. Love the purple. It is so refined and regal. Love the hair and how playful it is, yet still manages to sell fashion and a story. Leopard print, I mean, purple leopard do pair well. I would have probably gone with maybe the blue from the rollers, but that's me loving matchy-matchy. But I think she looks stunning. The reveal was sextacularly perfect. This was a good look, and if you had a sachet in that, it's not the worst thing. I like the look, yeah. I really like the look. I think the look is really... I like the hair. I think the hair is gorgeous. I like... Yeah, I thought... For me, this was a great choice. Michelle says she was struggling with the volume as there were moments of a little shouty, but says she got it. She says the runway was very different for her and loves the hair choice. She says it's so fun and stunningly beautiful. Alan says sometimes she does hold back on the challenges, but says she went for it. He loved the relationship between the two. He says the look is gorgeous and wants to crawl inside the dressing gown with her and cuddle and snuggle. Joel says what made it for him was the little line at the end when they were walking off as it felt like it was off the cuff. He loves the simplicity of the look and didn't expect a reveal. It blew his eyebrows off. Rue says she was serving Louis XIV meets Tony Braxton and she made the hair herself. Rue says thank you and then that was it. Rue moved on. Did not care. Um, But I care. I will give this a pajama party. Agreed. Audience loved it. 91% pajama party, 9% uninvited. Kate Butch, look by hair by Chris Smythe, jewels by Crown Jewels UK. I think that the concept is what sold it. It's film noir murder mystery live on stage. I love the knife in the back and how it was foreshadowed in her Meet the Queens. If people didn't go back, she says she's a triple threat. She can sing, she can act, and she brought a knife. There it is. This was very much in line to Lady Camden's fall in her Meet the Queens um, promo video. I think the dead eyes were fun with the stones. I I think for me, the only problem with this look is we have seen grayscale done thousands of times, sometimes much better. It's not that it wasn't good. It's just not up to par from what we've seen. I need a little more dimensionality for her. But as far as presentation goes, no one could sell it quite like she did. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think what sort of put this over the top on the runway for me was not the makeup, but the choices, the character, like... The knife in the back, the character choices, like this was a, this was someone who was presenting their garment on the runway. And I like that. I really, really like that. It was so smart. Michelle says directing her was a joy. She says the only thing hard to direct was the hairline. Oof, the shade. Uh, She says she was so on it and nailed it. She says it's the most beautiful she's ever looked. She knows she's great, but when she listens and applies, this is what happens. She shined. Alan yeah. says he would have literally paid at the theater to see that. He says she has a theatrical sensibility and knows how that works. 
He loves the look and says it's a fantastic homage to film noir in Hollywood and says she always brings the drama on the runway. Joel says each part was funny and she took it a step further each time. He says the noises she was making was so stupid that it was just so fun. He says when she went down and just stayed there for her ages, he knows it's weird to say it, but it was the best bit when she didn't move because it was really funny. Rue says she was so funny and says the look is just fantastic and I will give her a pajama party. Pajama party. Audience agrees, 89% pajama party, 11% uninvited. Ginger Johnson, no designers listed. I think this is a cute look, and she could pass for Mrs. Kasha Davis's kid sister or daughter, you pick. I think it's fun and playful. I love the pink. The bunny ears, I guess, were not into the bunny slippers, and the fact that they are heels really did take it over the top. It's the softest makeup we've had from her all season, and I was kind of obsessed with it. It's cute, but very safe. Yes, I... I like it. I didn't love it. It's all right. It was my least favorite look on the runway. Mm, no. 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 <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't my least favorite look, but it was in my bottom too. Michelle says like, she was I don't so know. fun. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like for me, it's too like, I just, I don't know. Even for like a pajama party concept, the ideas are a little conflicting for me. The necklace, the earrings, the dress the shoes she looks like a demented dream like <laughs> michelle says she was so fun and prepared as demel says she was just as proud of her as she was of kate she says they were really brilliant and says the <laughs> runway is gorgeous and loves the whole look alan says if there are any theater impresarios watching they need and they need two ugly sisters they are perfect he says she was grotesque and had perfect comedic timing he thinks fear not his only pp will be tattooed on his body um, I hope he actually does that. He says she looks, he likes the look because she got it all right. It's pajama rama and she dressed up as a bunny and says she looks like a Playboy bunny with narcolepsy. Joel says he is from Bristol and it's like watching his family at Christmas. And Ruth says it was so funny and could see a sitcom with the two of them in it every week. How much you want to bet that they are pitching that sitcom to Wow Presents Plus for a weekly series? Yeah, regardless of what happens, they'll, Drag Race is currently like working on that anyway. So, yeah. I will give it a pajama party. Pajama party. Audience, 65% pajama party, 35% uninvited. Delicious. Look by Tragedy Planets. Uh, nope. This was a costume she had in her closet and repurposed it for the show. This, this does not crazy. do it for me. I get the onesie idea with it being an animal. There is something about an oversized onesie that makes it feel more like pajamas and not a costume. This needed to not be as form-fitting, which I know would have been impossible for Didi. And the teddy bear boa, it's just as offensive as what we're going to see next. It's a lot. It's a lot. I did not love it. And Didi has had far better on the show. Absolutely. This for me was just kind of an all-around like, no. Michelle says they both struggled the most with their lines as they were all over the place, but they got in the end, got there in the end and it was exactly really stupid and funny. She will give her credit for the really exaggerated Yorkshire accent and Peep Kate's head crick because she was not sold. She says on the runway she is a plushy stuffed animal and thinks she could have gone further with it, but calls the idea cute. Joel says she really went for the overacting and it was ridiculous and wants to have a sleepover with her right now. Alan says the way she was thrown behind the haystack and hit in the face was like something from Cirque du Soleil. He says the look is sweet and affectionate and wanted to stroke her. 
Alan really getting creepy this episode. Wanting to stroke her, cuddle with Kara. Mm. And Ruth says she thought she was very funny and loved the one over the topness. She says the makeup was a choice and it worked for the comedy of it. Rue will ask her if they were both doing orchestra accent and Michelle will interrupt and say, oh, well. But Ruth says she likes the look as saying it's adorable and really, really cute. I don't think so. I will say uninvited. Uninvited. Audience agrees. 29% pajama party. 71% uninvited. And finally, tomorrow, Thomas, look by Trashy Planets. This is design challenge written all over it. It's literally teddy bears glued to a two-piece. She will not get a pass for me for being sexy, as she has already gotten enough of those passes this season. It's such a disservice to the stunning hair and beautiful gloves and boots to ruin it with this attempt at a garment. I could not handle it. Your thoughts? I think that this is the look of someone who had no, like this to me was probably like in her package, her like, this is my weak one. Or this is, this is a really rough one. Like, I don't know. The, the boots are dope. I like, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and say she was going for some sort of like Moschino type situation here. She, which is what she said. It's Moschino Jeremy Scott. But no, like if it is Moschino Jeremy Scott, it's not super the details are missing like the cleanliness and the execution is not there however it's like very loose like it's almost like inspired by not in reference to you know exactly i love that Michelle says what she loved about directing her was that she was just frenetic and wild and on one. She didn't know which way it was going to go and says it was right where it should have been because she committed. She says the outfit is smart as they can see her waist as she's not surrounded by teddies where she looks like a big blob. Alan says it was manic and deranged and says the moment she jumped out of the body bag, he knew they were in for a very fun ride. He says it's like Victoria's Secret and Hamley's got together and says all he can say is that lucky bear around the back. Joel says he felt she gave 200% as her gilet was off her shoulder and she was running around and fully going for it. He says this is his favorite look from the night as it's really beautiful. Okay, clearly that's a straight man. And Rue says that little pussycat wig she had on was shaking around and so ridiculous. I'm going to go uninvited. I'm going to go uninvited. I get the I get the reference or I get the inspiration. It just needed different uninvited audience 56 percent pajama party 44 percent uninvited she's a pretty girl like unfortunately tomorrow, tomorrow gets like i don't want to say gets away with because that's not like that could be seen as like not nice to say but tomorrow's gonna get away with stuff that like a ginger johnson wore that on the runway and she'd be in trouble like that part that part for it no hints at tops and bottoms are revealed, so it's time to figure out who what is about to happen. Now, Kate Butch is on cloud 9, 10, 11, all the clouds, and the girls will cheers with their eyes, eyes, eyes. Kara says that everyone was so funny, while Didi knows that they only said they were pre- unprepared. Ginger tells it that it was bonkers, and it was like being played at 2.5 speed. Tamara thought she had to, to get the accent and felt if the accent was going to be shit, then she would be in the bottom. So she's feeling so much better because of the judge's critique as she did well and they loved it. So she will not be getting in her head as she knows that will fuck her up. Deep breath and she's like, see in the finals. And I feel like that might be a hint to things to come. Yeah. Didi thinks Ginger and Kate got no flaws as Michael follows up that it was a marriage made in heaven. 
Kate will not count her chickens before they hatch, but she is so glad that Ginger chose her. Kate had put so much fun working with Ginger that she would like for her to not win. Kara's going to give Kate some praise for the praise that the judges gave her, as it was the most beautiful she's ever looked. Kate feels gorgeous. Um, they're like, who is this new lady? And she just has to stay away from all the backstabbing bitches. And she turns her back, and the wit comes oozing out. Uh, welcome to the Sage competition, Kate. Now, Michael's feeling yeah. so weird as she got such good critiques as Ginger tells her that she thought hers was fab like watching a reality series. She loved the tits jiggling in those dresses and found it phenomenal. But Kara was feeling confident. But when the critiques came and went on and on, she was like, hold up, they don't love me like they love them. With everyone doing well, there is no way to keep anyone safe. They have to split hairs. Tomorrow we'll remind the room that she had the favorite look and Kara was going to speak for all of us and be like, what in the hell? It's literally bears attached to a panty and bra. And yeah, I'm glad she said it. I mean, yeah, like it's one of those things that's like, come on, girl. Like you had the favorite look. Okay, congratulations. Like like I said, she's a pretty girl. She got away with it. Like you got away Absolutely. with wearing bears on a bodysuit because you are beautiful and your body looks like that and your face looks like that and you can do that and call that passion. Well, two people are lip syncing. Who's it going to be? Let's find out. Rue has made some decisions. Kate gets a badge. Kate Butch wins. Ginger, Tamara, and Didi are safe, leaving Michael Morelli and Caramel at the bottom two. Do you agree? And why do you think it was done in Paris and not individually? I think it was done in Paris because both of them did a good job. Like, I think it was done in Paris because both of them did a good job and they were like, mm. uh, I also think it was done, in, mm, I don't know. Individually, I just think would have been like, individually, I think would have made things trickier, you know? You leave it for up for me, more. For me, Didi was the weakest of all four bottoms here. So if that was the case, I would have put her and Tamara as a bottom too which means Dee Dee would 100% have left. Yeah. I, if you had to split it, sure, Kara and Dee Dee could have been an option. Michael and Dee Dee could have been an option. But going Michael and Kara, I, I just don't think it weighed out the way that we saw it. Yeah, I agree. I think Dee Dee easily could have had that spot. Yeah. Because I don't think tomorrow, if you if you weigh it all out and put everyone's score together, I don't think tomorrow was better than the other two combined. So I don't, okay. I don't know. That's just that's just my my feelings. Now the song is perfect for those wearing a nighty. It is Samantha Fox. Touch me. I want your body. It's a very sexy song, and I think they both brought their brand of sex to the stage. Obviously, you have two very different people bringing what they perceive as sex. Where like Caramel's gonna get you hot and bothered, and and Michael's giving you drag sex yeah <laughs> drag sex is so funny Kara and the tiny wig I, i'm sorry it was hot like i think she made though a fatal move at the start of the song by going to the back of the stage and playing up on the wall yeah. because it did it gave michael front and center and commanded in the front because it you really be became a battle of who you're watching keep keep their attention keep exactly. their attention I think in any other situation, this could have been a double save week, but that has been overused this season. 
And with a strong cast, it had to be cut down. But damn, this was this was a good lip sync. Yes, it was. Cara was feeling herself. Michael had a bit more connection with the audience. But let's talk about those splits. Cara, seamless. While Michael had to make sure that wig was not going anywhere before she was on her way down. Right. Because if that wig fell off, she was gone. Absolutely. Oh, you know, we can't stand that shit. She hates it. In the end, many people's winner pick gets the chop. Cara's out. Michael, safe. Do you agree? No. Yeah, I think this should have been Didi's week. I don't understand why Didi got a safe pass this week, especially because like it wasn't even a runway that was overwhelmingly better. Based um, on the runway and based on based on the runway and based on the challenge, I think Didi should have been in the bottom. And then I think Didi, this would have been her week to go home. I don't think Carlos left. And we also have to remind ourselves if week one had a bottom two, Didi was probably in the bottom two. Correct. So track record, her ass got super saved by that um, unfortunate casting issue. Yeah. All right, I got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Oh, goodness. I hope so. But yes. What is Caramel's legacy? I think Caramel's legacy is a hugely successful. And I think her legacy is that not just of a major step for trans women of color on Drag Race UK. I think it's a major step for trans women of color in the Drag Race franchise. Absolutely. Um, I think she joins the ranks of what my dear sister, Miss Nani Tsunami, calls the sixth place fan favorite club. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, like, great, because that means we'll see, I'm sure we'll see Miss Carmel again, if she if she's willing, in the uh, right. Drag Race multiverse sometime soon um and i think her legacy is that of one that like she came out there she was unapologetically herself she as a trans woman of color really just kind of represented not just the uk but i think she's sort of showcased now in my opinion she's joined the ranks of incredible 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 queens on drag race uk that are poc that are Mm -hmm just like stars they come on the show and like people might know who they are a little bit but after this they'll never they'll never sort of have to go back to the same thing that they were dealing with at one point you know i agree i i really think this was um heartbreaking because cara had so much promise and yeah i think if she goes back and watches the show with hopes of returning She's going to watch with a critical eye of, okay, why didn't I connect in this challenge? What did I do wrong here? Um, Because I think she knows she has it. She has the it factor to be a winner. So I think it's just a matter of making sure the challenges are not getting in her head and and she's able to play the game well. Um, But I could also see Kara saying, thank you for the opportunity. I have my platform. I'm good. And I'm going to use my platform to for the betterment of the trans community and that's okay too yeah i could see her saying no i could see her saying no but i could see her saying yes so i guess at this point now we as the fans just have to wait to see what her decision is absolutely who won the week who had the best episode kate butch kate did have a fucking good episode i'm gonna give my 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 honors to jacob the pit crew because um what a star in the making i love that I love him. It's time for a makeover. There is no way in bloody hell that Kate survives this, right? No. 
she's gone. Yeah, I don't really see how Kate Butch is gonna. I I love I mean, that she got, I love that she got her badge, and I'm sorry to say that this might be it for her. The narrative has been makeup, 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 and the the makeup's gonna be the thing that's gonna be her downfall. It, it's hard, no way. Yeah. I mean, for me, getting to the top five was a bit of a shock, but she was a narrator this season, and I think she'll give us a great exit episode, but yeah, she got so There's no way. Yeah, she gone. That's so funny. After seven episodes, the winner of the season is... Oh. Ginger Johnson. Yeah. Um... I was really thinking Michael was going to do well. This shocked me that Michael was in the bottom this week and just track record alone. Like you can't deny ginger is doing phenomenal right now. Ginger Johnson. Something crazy would have to happen for ginger not to win. And I think the crazy would actually be tomorrow, but we'll see. I don't know how tomorrow gets overall victory. If Ginger can kind of slip one more kind of like, bam, the judges love me in, it's hers. Yeah. I mean, I could see her being in the bottom in the makeover too, because but yeah. she does have a distinct makeup prowess to her face. So they might see the family resemblance. But when we get to it next week, we all know that family resemblance on each franchise means this different fucking thing. True. All True. right. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Oh my goodness. Social media and Venmo are both the same. It is at Janae Sequa underscore J-A-N-A-E-S-A-I-S-Q-U-O-I underscore. Um, I have some fun stuff coming up. I am celebrating my four-year drag anniversary ever so soon. I am taking some photos of my Miss Hell's Kitchen package, which are soon to come, which I'm very excited about. I am... Starting a new show, Uptown, again. I'll be doing drag Uptown again monthly, uh, which I'm very excited about. I have two incredible, incredible, incredible Uptown queens as my very first guests. And yeah, that's kind of where the land of Je ne sais quoi exists right now. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so glad you were back on the podcast. You're amazing as always. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.